Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are, Father John, Deacon Nathan. Nathan Goble is six months away from being a priest. A priest of God. And we are excited and uh, with fear, with all fear. Actually, it's five months. Five months? Five months, because it's uh, May 17th. It's December 13th. So five months, four days. Five months, four days. The big Downton Abbey party is tomorrow. That's right. My mother is obsessed with Downton Abbey, so we are having a Downton Abbey-themed Christmas party where her sons will be in tuxedos, and Nathan will be... Uh, I'm actually going to wear the star suit, I think, oh, because nice. it's the closest thing I have to a 1920s outfit. The star suit is a 1920s bathing suit that he has swam in. Well, I've been with you in the Pacific Ocean. Yep. Gulf of Mexico. Uh... Lakes, Alpine lakes. Alpine lakes in Switzerland, and, and then you went in the Bay of Bengal, Bay of Bengal, where the dirty diaper. That's right. Chased you. I think we've told that story before. Though. Yes. Well, people have gagged. People have gagged. Is right. Um, speaking of gag, we have a nice beverage here with us today. <laughs> Not speaking of gag. Yes. We have some very fine Woodford Reserve bourbon. Clinky clink. clinky clink. They always can hear you at ice. I got a bottle of bourbon in the mail. From an unnamed person in California, okay, about now, two weeks ago. Now, did it come through the United States Postal Service or UPS FedEx? Uh, I don't know. It had to be UPS FedEx because um, I tried to send a bottle um, of liquor through the United States Postal Service to my friend Tom Byrne for his birthday, and it came back smashed. Ooh. And I, I actually I said a few <laughs> naughty things in uh, – in my uh, house at the He's time, on. so you cannot send. I don't think you can send alcohol through the U.S. Well, Postal this was from a, directly from a liquor store. Oh, which is why I found out later the note that was enclosed with it from the person that it was from was removed. Had to be anonymously sent from the liquor store. Oh, really? So all it was was a random liquor store. So it remained in mystery for a week. Doom, 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 doom. And then I got this email. Mrs. Patmore in the kitchen uh, with the candlesticks. I never saw it coming. Clue. No. Alexander Ewing. Is that how you pronounce it? Like Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Subject line, Woodsward Reserve slash Catholic stuff you should know. Father John, I just wanted to write you to explain the Woodford Reserve I sent you. I apologize in advance for an awkward, the awkward nature of this email. He sent it as a thank you for us doing the podcast. And uh, he mentioned something about the deacons. But Father John, you're really great. And you know, <laughs> if it wasn't for you. No, I'm just joking. It's talking about all three of us. And uh, he says it gives him a lot of hope in, as a young Catholic, uh, starting a family in a narcissistic, materialistic culture. And he says we're delivering messages that are intelligent but accessible, disciplined but loving. That's a very kind way of, I think, putting this. Yes. Exactly what the church needs. So, Alex, we toast to you. Yes. Here's to Alex Ewing. Thank you for the very kind gift of Woodford Reserve, which we are now enjoying here at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Just gonna be. Clink. We'll be in bed by six p.m. <sighs> he lives in Cincinnati, f- actually. I don't know why he sent it from California, but anyways, oh. very grateful. We Alex. have a mutual friend from Cincinnati. Very kind. So, oh, we've speaking about Lindecker. Oh, Johnny Lindecker. Johnny, yeah, we haven't made fun of him on the podcast. In a I don't weeks. make fun of John Lindecker. He's a big it's man. He's bigger and than he has, both a, of has us. Extre- extremely violent history. So <laughs> he does. That's true. So uh, we have a topic. I'm guessing. Oh yeah. Okay. So I have the topic for today. 
Um, so as you know, that most of our topics flow from our classes. Um, and your, since your classes, my classes, but since John has been out of school and uh, only reading, you know, uh, America Magazine and you know, uh, Better Homes and Gardens while he's <laughs> you know keeping up on his intellectual formation, That's right. I have to carry the standard. Martha Stewart Living, actually. So, um, who's Polish? Just so you know, the Polish hermeneutic is strong in that one. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, so um, our classes, you know, this semester haven't been hotbeds of topics, as you can tell from the fact that we haven't been posting a whole lot. <laughs> that is um, true. I mean, Pache, uh, you know, sacraments of healing class. But I didn't, you know, there wasn't like a whole lot of things to get to get in, you know, to in that class. However, shockingly, at the tail end of that class, um, there, there came a juicy little tidbit that we're going to talk about today, which is uh, the apostolic pardon. <laughs> okay, so um, first, a question. What was the former order of the sacraments of healing? So when they would go to somebody who was dying, what were the three sacraments they offered them, and in what order would they give them? Uh, confession, anointing, and the Eucharist are the three sacraments. Yes, those are the three sacraments. And I would assume they were that order? Incorrect, John. That's what they are now. That's what they are now. Aren't you just so smart? Ah, I love it. So it used to be called, the anointing of the sick used to be called last rites. Um, so that Extreme unction. Extreme unction, right. But now we have these uh, you know, healing services um, where people come up for a variety of reasons and receive the anointing of the sick. By the way, um, in one of our PowerPoint presentations, you were a subject of that. Would you like to tell the story of how you received the anointing of the sick? Oh, no. Did that actually come up in conversation? <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, oh, wow. Well, this I, is a good lesson. I've done many dumb things in my life, but one of them was the first time I received the anointing of the sick. I was... 17. No, I was in seminary. Really? Yeah. Who was teaching this class? Sister Esther Mary. Oh, yeah. I was uh, 18. And I was my first semester in seminary, and all the proce- all the priests processed out of mass. This is like seven o'clock in the morning, weekday, whatever. And they're all standing in the uh, sacristy, and I walk in, and dumb eighteen year old, hey, and they said, how are you doing? What do you, what what do you need? And I said, I got this like itch in the back of my throat. It's a really bad itch. Could I receive the sacrament of anointing? <laughs> and they all looked at each other, and then they all burst out laughing. And one priest pulled me aside and said, okay, so sacrament of anointing is not for, like, I got an itch in the back of my throat. It was okay. a ba- Even if it's a bad itch. There you go. So don't um, go the, to confession, or don't go to the, uh, the sacristy full of priests when you're going to do that. You look like an idiot. That's funny because, um, you know, the game telephone is at play here because according to the PowerPoint presentation – there was an anointing service held at a local parish in Denver, and you had a sore throat and went up and received the sacrament of anointing. Yeah, it was that would have been better that way, but it was um, right less embarrassment. Less embarrassment. Yeah. So I just you know being the clueless eighteen year old coming out yeah. of a life teen parish. There you go. Just, everything's you know no idea. Right. So no, no idea. Okay. So the former order used to be penance. They would offer confession, then they would give you viaticum. And then if you were extremely sick and dying, um, they would um, administer last rites. Right. Um, so in the revision of the sacrament of, of anointing, um, which used to be called extreme unction, 
um, last rites and is now called the anointing of the sick, um, people who are um, seriously ill can receive the sacrament of anointing. A sore throat, although it may seem to you that you're seriously ill, if it's not, I no, think like the, a really bad itch in the back. Exactly, of the throat. exactly. I have really bad. I have really bad gas from that. You know, <laughs> Mexican food. Um, so um, the word is periculosi, periculously, periculously. Oh. I don't know. I told Keith Kenny that we always quote you know his name every time we mispronounce Latin, so he doesn't listen to this podcast. Whatever. So what seriously that? ill. Okay? okay. But now we've revised the order so that. People can receive the anointing of the sick, you know, when they um, are in life-threatening illness or old age or, you know... Uh, surgery. Surgery is a, you know, choppy one. We'll do that at a later time. There's a question about whether or not you should receive the anointing of the sick. It um, has in the actual rite, though, before surgery. Um, But it, that depends on the surgery. Well, okay, that's true. If I usually say if they're going under general anesthesia... Right, but you could go for under general anesthesia for wisdom teeth. Yeah. You know. So, separate podcast, John. Let's just stay on time. General anesthesia for the itch in the back of the throat. That's right. So For the, for the you know, whatever. Okay. Anyways, so now that we've revised the order, okay, we've revised the order, and now it goes penance, uh, penance anointing the Eucharist, so that you have, at the conclusion of your life, the sacrament of sacraments, Christ himself, viaticum meeting, um, you know, on the way, take it with you on the way, um, or on the way with you. Again, Keith Kenny's cringing at our Latin. Because no, he's, um, he's not listening. Because he's not listening. Um, so, um, so then you receive the Eucharist. But at the end of your life, you have the opportunity um, to beg the priest and ask the priest, and the priest is, you know, happy to give it, to receive the apostolic pardon. Which is awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Because I'm, I'm just a deacon. I have given it probably, you know, 10 times. Really? Right as they're dying. Like in the last minutes, hours, certain death right. is coming. And I explained to the family, this is like the ultimate gift. That's right. Because... The apostolic pardon removes all temporal effects of sin. It is, you get confession, anointing, viaticum, and receive the apostolic pardon. You are ready to go. That's right. You are going to have minimal time in purgatory. It, it is, and nobody knows about it. I was talking to religious sisters, right? The religious order will be named, uh, uh, will not be named, but they're solid. They're awesome. They're orthodox. But they didn't know what the apostolic pardon was. And I was like, Everybody needs to know what the apostolic pardon is because when your when your father is dying and it's like the last don't wait until the last minute and then be like oh crap he's dying we got to call the priest right. right I missed somebody it's only it's only happened twice I didn't get to the hospital before they died hmm. uh, and that happened two days ago and it's it's a horrible feeling so don't wait you can always call us and we can talk about it but if it is the last moment I had a midnight calling two weeks ago where the whole family was around and it was unbelievable he was yeah. still there. Um, and he got the apostolic pardon, and he died about an hour later. Uh, it was, ap- I mean, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. to realize what you're giving them. So wow. it takes away all sin and all effects of sin. Yep. So so a little definition. Um, the apostolic pardon or blessing is an indulgence given in situations of danger of death 
usually after the absolution of the sacrament of penance. The focus is on the remission of temporal punishment due to sin. The Handbook of Indulgences, number 28, states, uh, Priests who administer the sacraments to the Christian faithful who are in a life-and-death situation should not neglect to impart to them the apostolic blessing with its attached indulgence. So, I mean, this is this is available for you, you know. This is not like, you know, send in your box tops from your lucky charms and everything and you get, you know, something free from the Vatican. This is one of the highest graces that the church herself, from the richness and storehouse of grace that she has inherited from Christ, so from his merits, from his saving merits, from the merits of all the saints, from the from the acts and you know love uh, and charity of all the Christian faithful and all the way up to the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the way down, everything that she has, she spills over into the heart of the the dying person in the and moment. and in the moment in the last moments of their death to remove all the temporal punishment due to sin. So, question: What is the difference between uh, sin and the temporal punishment due to sin? Somebody described it to me once as if I was to nail a put a nail into this wall sin the sin is the nail removing the nail if i pull the nail out of the wall that's confession yes but the hole remains right the effects of the sin remain yep. think about any time you've ever sinned and it's affected anybody else the effects remain that's and right. all of that has to be kind of dealt with purified perfected before we can enter into heaven yep. which uh is going to be a lot for me right probably a lot for you too Judge not, yes, yes, you be judged. <laughs> but that's a great point because the and we had a podcast on this. You know, when Father Mike Rapp was in town, we talked about the the uh, transitive and reflexive effects of sin. Yes. So we have the effect of sin in our own life. So we have holes in our heart that we've created through our our sinfulness. That uh, the nails have been removed, and yet there are still gaps. Gaps in our ability to love both ourselves and to love others, and our sins affect other people, you know? You imagine, like, a father who's sitting there that maybe was an abusive father, or perhaps was, um, you know, an alcoholic. Who knows? Maybe cheated on his taxes, whatever. Um, and uh, and so when the apostolic pardon is pronounced over this man, um, the effects of his sin um, are... are uh, suffused with the mercy and the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a powerful and wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick story. Um, Father Clarence Wetgrove, um, who was ordained, I think, two years ago. Do you know Father Clarence? No. He's oh, the, I do know him. He's yeah. the man of constant sorrow. Who, yes. uh, he, he's, he's an older gentleman. He's, he was called to the priesthood, he said, when he was 18 years old. Um, and he said no. And then 40 years later... God re-offered the gift of priesthood to him. Um, he never married anything, and he decided to go through with it in the midst of like chronic illness. Crazy and, you illness. know, he's on dialysis now; he's going blind. Whatever. The most joyful man I've ever met. But he he self admits that um, he knows what it's like to be a Jew and to walk for forty years huh. um, in darkness and confusion, and then to have God find him. But he said um, um, it was either him or somebody else that he knows. Um, went to anoint a man who had, um, I think it's called ALS, which is uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. So extremely debilitating. Um, he had lost all function in his in his in his hands. His face was contorted, and he wasn't able to speak. Um, and so the time came; um, he was dying. Um, the priest came in. Um, um, the, I think the man was able to make some sign of repentance. 
because when you when you get into confession in those situations, which again, if you can if you can invite the priest in, you know, even you know, seventy two hours to two weeks before you think they're going to die, they're probably or two years before they're going to die. You can make a better confession than right. when you know you're you're on your deathbed. However, he made um, a formal. Uh, is that is that right? Formal confession where he just said, you know, I am sorry for my sins mm-hmm. in some way. When the apostolic pardon was produced, was pronounced over this man, he rose up from his bed, made made the sign of the cross, or he made the sign of the cross, or extended his hands, and said the word Jesus and died. Whoa. Yep. That's intense. Yeah. So it it has powerful powerful effects. Um, so we will. We're not pronouncing it. I'm not pronouncing it over you. I'm just a deacon. I'm just reading it to you. Let me see if I have it right. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Through the, through the authority... By the authority. By the authority which the apostolic see has given me, I grant you full pardon in the remission of all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's right. I was like, I better memorize this because there's a story of our friend Father Sam Moorhead who yeah. walked into a hospital room and the nurse said... This person is dying like right now. And he walked up to him. He pronounced the prayer of absolution. He anointed him, said the apostolic pardon, and they died. Yep. Um, if he didn't have a memory, if he was flipping through his book like I would Sorry. have been, they would have died. And the nurse goes, whoa, that really works. Yep. It was amazing. Yep. So I was like, I better have the apostolic pardon down. Yeah. Uh, which I obviously... Uh, no, it was good. Um, but the, uh, and actually, that's the reason why I started looking into it is because um, Father John has it on his... Uh, at least he did have it on his bathroom mirror. Yeah, I was, um, so he was he was memorizing it. So the uh, um, it it really is a, a beautiful thing, and I think that the uh, just one last thing on, on the the final. If you can get a priest in there before, while the person is still coherent, and that's not always possible. There's I've watched amazing reconciliation with families happen. I think I've talked about this before, um, but Father Ken Leone, one of our priest friends. Um, said you should do this and I think it's really important but um, family draws around and after the rite of anointing you invite each of them to come forward and to look them in the eye tell them they love them and say that one thing that they've always needed to say they've always wanted to tell them and I have watched some of the most unbelievable family reconciliation healing I mean it's like literally I think if I was going to say, what is the most powerful thing I've ever watched? It's when that happens, and then you give them the apostolic pardon, and then they die. Uh, that is like, I, I don't think there's anything more unbelievable I've ever, I've ever experienced in my life. And that's the life of the priest. Um, and it's, it's beautiful, and I'm excited for you to share in it. But man, is it intense. Yeah. yeah. And, a lot, and a lot of times the most beautiful anointings are the ones when I'm most like, oh my gosh, this is so inconvenient. And then I get there, and it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And I'm like, wow, you're, um, you're going to burn for a while in purgatory, Father John. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, the other thing that somebody cautioned me against is, um, you know, the, you know, the, the belief that, you know, what the church says is kind of like magic. You know, when we say the right words in the right way at the right time, you know, um, that, you know, this like amazing thing happens, you know? So I certainly had struggle with it where it's like, imagine a guy who has lived a horrible life and is not a very nice man and, you know, um, unrepentant and everything else. And a priest finds him, you know, lying on the side of the street after he's just been hit by the light rail or something. And he hasn't died yet. And, um, the guy's unconscious, you know, but he's still living. 
And the priest pronounces absolution over him and says the, the apostolic pardon. Does that mean that everything this guy has done is just, you know, is just, you know, whatever. It's forgiven. You know, that it's over. Well, we do believe that there's this very important thing called faith that are attached to the sacraments and the sacramentals. Right. Um, and that God is not bound by these pronouncements. Um, that God actually knows what's best for us. So it's not like we all want to avoid purgatory at all costs. Um, when we get to heaven, we want to be um, we want to be saints, and the people who are in heaven are saints. So when we get to heaven, we want to be saintly. So purgatory is the is the place that God has deigned where we expand our ability to love uh, not just ourselves, but maybe that's one place that we need to start is we, we need to grow in love of ourselves, the love of the Lord, and the love of other persons, so that when we get to heaven, it's actually communal, and not just, oh man, thank God I made it, sorry for these other schleps, mm-hmm. I'm going to go hit the, uh, you know, Big Rock Candy Mountain, you know, for the right. next, you know, 60 years, and right. um, watch old Super Bowl, you know, 20 tapes of, you know, the Bears or something. Um, is that Super Bowl 20? Something like that. Anyways, so yeah, you need to have that. In addition... Were you going to say something? Nope. It's probably less important than what I was going to say. Oh! Okay, so there's another there's another rubric, another rule that, that is attached to this, which I think is interesting. Um, so the first one, a priest who administers the sacrament to someone in danger of death should not fail to impart the apostolic blessing to which a plenary indulgence is attached. That sounds great. That's why we ask for a happy death. Mm-hmm. We pray to St. Joseph, give us a happy death um, so that when we die, we're, we're prepared um, we've said the things that we need to say to our families, um, and we're right with God. Rubric two, if a priest is unavailable, Holy Mother Church benevolently grants to the Christian faithful who are duly disposed a plenary indulgence to be acquired at the point of death, provided they have been in the habit of reciting some prayers during their lifetime. In such a case, the church supplies for the three conditions ordinarily required for a plenary indulgence. The three conditions meaning confession, receive the Eucharist, praying for the Holy Father. At your last moments of death, if a priest isn't around, you're not going to have the Eucharist. You're not going to have the opportunity to go to confession. And maybe you're thinking about the Holy Father, but you're probably like, oh my God, my leg is severed and the light rail is coming down on me. Okay, so, but I think that's so amazing. The Christian faithful who are duly disposed that provided that they have been in the habit of re- reciting some prayers, you know, it doesn't even say like you have to recite a Hail Mary every day in order for you to be like right with the church or something. It's just saying if you're in the habit of reciting some prayers and you die um, and you you actually ask the Lord, Lord, I know a priest, uh, they've called a priest, whatever, um, but he's not going to get here in time. I, I want to be with you forever. You know, my guess is the church you know, if you have the intention of receiving this this indulgence, which again, an indulgence is attached to the um, the forgiveness of the temporal punishment due to sin, mm-hmm. God's not going to deny you that. So it's like the church has a plan for everything. You know, mm-hmm. God has a plan for everything. If the priest is there, great, we rejoice. If the priest isn't there, God's still going to take care of you. Yet at the same time, get the priest there so you can get this apostolic pardon. Absolutely, that's it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Or. All right, well, um, I took my confession practicum uh, final exam today. It was wonderful. Um, And so in five months, you know, you all can line up 
and uh, I'll probably be so frightened at whatever you tell me that I'll forgive you. So, uh, you'll only be frightened for about a week, and then you'll hear everything. There you go. And then you'll say, "Okay." And then people will think they're horrible, and you can say, "Yeah, right." Well, thank God for a good podcast for your penance. Please pray one hail Mary. Okay. <laughs> Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. What? We will talk to you. What? We don't have any shout outs? Week. <laughs> <laughs>